It's reporters assemble. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. The sports reporters have indeed assembled. I have not been able to say that in two weeks now after being away last weekend due to some uh, health stuff. So hopefully that's behind me and uh, we can keep keep it rolling. Um, the sports reporters. Those sports reporters that I'm talking about, yeah, they're still here. It's Robert Silverman up there in New York City of the Daily Beast. Robert, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Chase. How are you doing, man? Did you did you what did you think of the rundown today? The what? The 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 rundown that we do every week for the show. It's great. <laughs> Love it. All exciting and vital subjects for podcast inquiry, and I'm excited to hash them out with you guys. So yeah, looks great. Also here, as he is every Friday with us, Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press. Andrew, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Got uh, one and a half beers in me watching the oh. Cup. So, uh, yeah, good time. What kind of beer? What kind of beer guy are you? Um, I'm not necessarily a beer snob. Like, if it tastes good, I'll drink it. Mm. Uh, but at, at the same time, I'm also the type that's like, if I just need a pop to watch, you know, watch a game, cheap beer. So uh, Miller Lite. Oh, oh, okay. I would not have pegged you as a Miller Lite guy. I it's it's the Midwest in me. Mm. It's the Midwest, you know, just basic cheap beer. Mm. Uh, but what what did you what did you peg me to be? I don't. I would probably say like. The yeah, Midwest I, I, part, I the Kansas part. Stuff. I thought you'd have like some kind of IPA. Or yeah, oh, here, that was the, more of what I was going with. Here's the funny thing about that. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll keep it real, real quick. My best friend is an absolute beer snob. He'll say like, what IPAs do you have? And I'll just be like, hey, do you have PBR? Mm. Like, yes. Yes, we do. And I'm like, bet. So yeah, no, I'm not a beer snob. I, I think IPAs are overrated. Mm. And they all kind of sort of taste the same. Interesting. <clears throat> I've heard good things about the marshmallow Bud Light seltzer. No, I haven't. But I didn't no, know that's a thing. No. Oh, by the way, I tried those. Really? Terrible. Mm. Fucking terrible. Um, because I thought they, I thought they were like more flavored beer than seltzer, mm. and they're actually more seltzer. And it's just, it's bad. Mm. Like I bought, I bought a case last weekend and literally poured it out by poured it all out by sunday terrible oh, pouring Damn. it out so bad you're not even gonna finish it off um no hell no <laughs> well this naturally leads us to the nfl which is indeed back bob i think zach wilson just threw another interception uh, as we started <laughs> recording here look we've been having a long-running debate about mm-hmm. The future of Zach Wilson and mm-hmm. his uh, NFL career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, from the beginning, I had my doubts. Mm-hmm. I'm on the record here. It's having doubts. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying those doubts were vindicated because he was just tucking the ball to various Patriots. Mm-hmm. But that was some Mark Sanchez stuff there. Oh, that no. It was bad. 
No, don't do that. He's not Mark Sanchez. He's he's not. No, that. he's not. I'm saying mm-hmm. that was a Sanchezian performance. He's um a Sanchezian performance. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I love Sanchez. Like, <clears throat> no, no, Sanchez. I, I, I I get it. I'm just like, do you guys remember that this was probably like 2010 mm-hmm. uh, after Mark Sanchez's first decent year in New York as his rookie year, yeah. like. He spent a good two or three days on the internet getting roasted because he did a photo shoot for GQ wearing oh, pretty I much all white. It was a, it was there was some quality discourse about like, well then, is Mark Sanchez a homosexual? Only a homosexual would wear white in a photo shoot in a men's magazine. That was the level of discourse that we got around. Uh, Wasn't he I, dating Eva Longoria at the time? He was dating a few women at that point. I, like, I, I don't know. I remember, I forget who he was dating, but there was a question of like, well, is this celebrity he's with a beard? And I was like, this is so dumb. He didn't pick the clothes himself, you know. GQ brings those clothes for the photo shoots. Would also, you do a GQ photo shoot, Bob? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. They Andrew, would you do it? Pretty. Hell yeah, I'd do it. Like, interesting. Yeah, I would not do it. If you're saying no, why? Why would you say no? I have no interest in that. That sounds like a terrible way to spend an afternoon. Oh my god! Oh (laughs) god! Oh boo! (laughs) Like, if I what would you do in Mm -hmm. lieu of being tended to Mm -hmm. by photographers, Uh stylists, and fashion experts who Mm -hmm. will then. Take images to make you look as good as humanly possible. Thank what you. is the better use of your time than that? For like four hours, you were the star of the freaking show. Right. Oh, no, I'm and watching App show- State Marshall. Like, I don't know if y'all watched last night, so I'm watching I mean, it right now. I mean, that was a fun game, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry. I also want to look good as hell. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not on my radar. It's not something that appeals to me really at all. Look, it's not going to happen anytime in the near future. We man. don't You're know. Man. Yes, we, we don't do. know. Yes. Bob, we don't Bob, know. Bob, Bob is a psychic. You didn't. You didn't know that. I I do know that that's not going to happen, man. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I I can't. You can't uh, do it because we we don't know yeah, where what the future holds. In the whole there's no such thing as absolute certainty mm-hmm. realm. Yeah, true. Okay, mm-hmm. Chase. Yeah. If you <laughs> do get a call from GQ and they mm-hmm. want to do a fashion spread with you, just please do me a favor and say yes. No, I'm not going to do that. I can't make that promise. Oh, I can't God, make promises. You're so lame. I'm very lame. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm an extremely you're lame person. Call your girlfriend Janet Arizona and tell her mm-hmm. that 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 you did that. This is your choice, and maybe she could should consider a different man. Wow, who would make the right choice? Wow. The sports renaissance woman knew what she signed up for with the the She's lameness. Certainly not listening to the pod. I'm gonna have to contact her directly. <laughs> well, those usually involve William Defoe pictures. Um. And it also, we have to be honest, of the three, Andrew's the most likely to get the choice. He he does the turtleneck stuff. He's got the ring light. You're Andrew, damn right I look yeah. better than y'all. <laughs> oh, man. Recently, uh, it's been it's fallen on me to take mm. Max for his early morning walk, which okay. means i got to wake up at like 7 a.m., mm-hmm. which is too early mm-hmm. for me, um, and to take Max to the local park in Brooklyn to walk to, you know, let him play with his other dog friends and throw a ball and whatnot. Um, but the one, let me tell you something. Mm. I, at this park, encounter every phylum of Brooklyn dad. Interesting. There's, okay. 
There's the Brooklyn Dead who clearly works in media in some capacity, but I'm not going to figure out what. <laughs> There's the entirely over it, possibly still hungover Brooklyn Dead. <laughs> there is the super achiever, but um, some does something. He calls himself an entrepreneur on LinkedIn, Brooklyn Dead. But all of these Brooklyn dads, to a certain degree, put an effort into wearing athleisure to the park to, and look good. I am not at their level yet. Mm. I, I Look, if you're getting me up that early to walk a dog, and I'm going to do it because, you know, it's uh, owning a pet is an investment in that animal's life and you can't dick around. Mm -hmm. But they own athleisure, man. I don't own it. I don't, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to spend time purchasing $30 or so sweatpants. Or I just more. can't imagine you in athleisure. Bob is you like the antithesis of athleisure. Fleece. Bob, you in tech fleece would actually be fantastic. <laughs> no, look, I have some Adidas uh, workout pants that mm -hmm. I got at a flea market. You've got a track suit. I don't have the whole track suit. I well, you've got a week, it. right? Like, you got a week before yeah, the track suit needs to come out. Uh, I'm just saying those mm -hmm. dads are one. A lot of them are in really good shape. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend uh, of, of of myself and my significant other who also goes to this particular dog park to describe them as DILFs. <laughs> and I think that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there are some ruggedly scruffy dads that... If you're into that sort of thing, yeah, you'd hit them. So, and Bob, I'm not. Bob, Bob, Bob do, you, do, you, do, you, do you not aspire to be a dill? It appears to require a certain amount of work. Mm. Like, I know, even, but, but, but Bob, you can be a dill. I believe in you. I you can't can even be, read, be bothered to open the Google Doc and read the run. <laughs> I don't know if I've got the, the, the commitment to sort of work myself into that sort of hot dad energy. Mm-hmm. It, you, it appears like they spent a lot of time making sure that it looks really casual and effortless. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the park knows that's a lie, and they're mm -hmm. really trying to work it. But Bob, he's, he, here's the secret, though. Uh -huh. You don't. It doesn't require a lot of work. That's it requires, the thing. It doesn't is, require a lot of work. What is the work? Tell me the work that it has. No work at all. That's the secret. No, it's very I minimal work, Bob. I'm going to need to join a gym. I'm going to again, I'm going to refer you to these like $30 sweatpants that I have to buy. Mm -hmm. These appropriately just like, well, hold on. Is like the baseball caps that are worn down, but not by them. Bob, you sound like a quitter. <laughs> I sound like a person who doesn't want to spend like $200. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a quitter to me, Bob. So I can feel less shame. You should at least try it for six months. Quitter. I think Andrew and I are in agreement here. You need to try it for six months. Yeah. Oh, and my God. So there are two factions. Like the met, it, like it's an interesting sociological experiment mm -hmm. because the, the the dilfs tend to congregate <laughs> on one part of the park with their larger dogs, and then on the other yeah. side of the park near the fountain is uh, the 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 real housewives of Brooklyn. They, they tend to go over there. Okay. And and I have to go to both areas because our dog likes to run into the fountain. So once I get over there. <laughs> Every single cliched stereotype you would imagine about a well-to-do Brooklyn woman in her 30s, they're all true. All of them are true. I have learned a great deal about the real estate market in their chats. Mm -hmm. They all wear Lululemon all the time. 
they all talk in 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 about like various medications that they're receiving from various medical professionals. It is exactly what you would quote think. unquote medical professionals. No, we're not talking about their weed delivery guys. We are talking about their prescription drugs given by a licensed psychologist. I oh, wish I had a weed delivery service. They don't have that out there. I mean, for medicated purposes, yes. But I don't have a medical card. Um, Wait, you can't just get like I thought that was the big innovation in the drug dealing space in Washington. You can, but they stopped it during COVID, um, or very few okay. places were doing it during COVID. I'm not sure about Michigan, but I do know that for uh, some medical places, they do have like you you can order you know you can do the delivery, but it has to be the medical. Uh, the, the, See, the every, I, I am not a marijuana guy, but every person who I know who is has been has a very close and personal relationship with their drug dealer. And it involves <laughs> like a phone call. I, you like know, I used to, I used to have a guy. Um, okay. But the thing is, like when I moved out to uh, when I moved out to Washington, it it no longer became. I mean, it was kind of a personable relationship because you know when they see you in there a lot, they're like, "Hey, you come here a lot," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Um, but mostly, it's just like, "Yeah, you know, I'm here to pick up my stuff," and yeah, you kind of talk. It's 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 not as personable as it used to be with my uh, with my weed guy in Kansas. I miss mm. him. Mm. Which naturally brings know. us back to the NFL um, and. Uh... Week. Speaking of things that have that that need to be smoked, <laughs> uh, the Falcons are not so good. That's a C minus D plus segue, man. I gotta say, is it? Yeah. Well, to be yeah. fair, I've had a week off, and I'm I'm doing my best to get back in the game. Um, do you have any any strong takeaways through two weeks heading into week three, Andrew? None. Um, people people are getting excited about Sam Darnold, which. Great no. for him. Terrible. <laughs> Bob, Bob, here's what I'm going to say. He's got Matt Rule and Joe Brady, two of the best play callers pretty much in either college or pro football. Uh-huh. That's the difference. Let's see how so, he does with uh, with uh, McCaffrey on the shelf for probably. Uh-huh. Yep. And, oh, and by the way, who have they played? They've played the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. Not exactly a murderer's freaking row. No, you know who I think uh, I think is going to be. I'm you know who I'm excited about, and I may be proven wrong. Kyler mm. Murray. Oh, dude, Kyler, I love Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. I think if this is Kyler Murray breakout year, he does cool stuff. Uh, that's my deep bore NFL analysis so far. Kyler Murray. If you watch him, at some point he will do cool things. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, because uh, he runs around like a badass. He could, look, he could be. He is. He is a cutting down on one or two of the occasional dumb turnovers away from being a quarterback where you can say, yeah, they're going to win 11 games because of him every year. I just don't trust Cliff Kingsbury yet. I'm no, not he's there. Not good at his, he's, I don't think he's very good at his job. Very handsome. I, you know, the next year and a half, or let's just say two years, are going to determine if, if, if the spread guy going straight to college co- or going straight to the pros is actually effective. 
It's uh, not. It's never happened. I, I, I don't. It's, I don't. They're, they're winning because Kyler Murray is good and Hopkins is great, and that's and you have a, you a lot of games. And you have a defense that, while young, well, not young, but while they got, still they've got developed Simmons stages, is coming along. Chandler they Jones. Got they got some guys. Buda Baker. They got some guys. I think. Look, Arizona is a good team. I think you can say that. I just. I don't. can't. I'm not there yet. Let's see. Do you know how good the NFC West is? Like, I still think Arizona has a real, realistic path of being the worst team in the NFC West. Here's a. Uh, uh, did you watch Seattle last? I did. Seattle still has Seattle, Tyler Lockett. Seattle they have Russell Wilson. All over that game. Wait, hold on. Yeah, so like, I, I, I have a question for you guys. If you want to put down Seattle, and this is like the common thing. Um, when was the last time Russell Wilson did not win double-digit games in a regular season? He's going to win 10 games. That's, yeah. yeah. So but, if he's I mean, winning 10 games, he's locked in, he's and we gonna, believe in the Rams, and the 49ers are undefeated. Like, who? I don't believe in the Rams. Jeez. I don't believe in the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are the best team in that division. No, they're not. Yes. I don't know, but all I know is Chase. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it firsthand for two and a half years in mm-hmm. Seattle. Yes, Russell Wilson is a fantastic regular season quarterback. Mm-hmm. Absolutely tremendous. The problem that he has and that this team has, especially last year, and he said it himself, is that they got way too complacent on offense. And when Russell New OC, Wilson, though. Huh? New OC. Shane Waldron's in there now. It's a different offense. No I, more Brian Schottenheimer. Are, are you are – you, uh, Tyler Lockett's right. one of the best receivers in football out of the gate. He's That's been great. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But what happens? What has happened every year since basically they lost that Super Bowl? It mm-hmm. is we 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 check off all the boxes in the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, people forget you know how to do stuff. And then you've got Pete Carroll who. As much as people want to say, oh, yeah, Pete Carroll, you know, doesn't have his hand in on the offense and all that. No, no. Like he basically is kind of like, okay, I want to operate this as in a mid 2010 offense that still utilizes the running game, still wants to rely on the defense. By the way, that defense I was going to say, that's the bigger problem is Pete Carroll not being able to figure out the defense post-Legion of Boom, which is hard to do when you create the best defense in NFL history and then they all get old and move on and then you've got to re... But but the 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 best defense in NFL history? Uh, Yes. Bill Barnwell did a really good piece on that a couple years ago, that they are statistically the best. Statistically, yes, but what Pete Carroll failed Mm. to do and why why that whole thing died basically was... I'm not saying that he didn't like those guys, mm. but it was more of a we as a team need to get the credit for what is happening. But the defense is like, um, no. And then when it came to the negotiations, those issues fest, those issues basically kind of grew out of that with contract negotiations, all of that. That's why the whole uh, Earl Thomas middle finger. God, I forgot about Earl Thomas. Up essentially sums up yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of things about earl thomas we all like who's to... the who's the only guy from the legion of boom left on that entire team is it bobby wagner yeah but he's retiring after the season uh 
It's Bobby so, Wagner. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else? I guess that is probably it. Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor retired. Cam's gone. Earl's gone. Sherman's gone. Yeah. Uh, Byron Maxwell's gone. Cliff Averill's uh, gone. Michael Bennett's yeah, gone. Yeah. Uh, KJ Wright signed a one year with the Raiders. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah, like that right before gone. the season started. So I mean, like, there's there's parts of I. The whole let Russ cook thing. Yeah, let him do it. But then they, right they don't have a. They, they gave up how many points? What was it? Thirty six to the to Tennessee a, to, a ten, to a Tennessee team that, while good on offense, isn't really that great. Like it's. I I mean, hey, I have yeah. Russ is going to put up numbers. Team. He's got two good receivers. He's a great quarterback. That's fine. I don't think the Seahawks are that good. I have doubts about the Niners being that good, and I just don't believe in the Rams. because I want to see what the Niners do this week. I don't believe their bullshit L.A. stadium and terrible, <laughs> crappy Arena League uniforms means the Rams can never give everything. I think Sean McVay is a fraud. Oh. That's my oh. So, okay. Oh. So, Bob, I got a question. Yeah. Uh, so, if Sean McVay is a fraud, yes, then is Matthew Stafford's success basically... Oh, Matthew Stafford's actually are like he's surrounded who by have, good talent now. Who have they played? They, I'm looking it up. Yeah. Who uh, have the Rams I, played? I only I only ask this because we've got Jared Goff out here, mm-hmm. and so they they beat up the Bears and they squeaked by the Colts. Mm-hmm. I'm not impressed. No, I mean hell, it's what it's. Week three, we, we we've just finished the first month of the season. Basically, this time next week, like what the? <sighs> Sean McVay's a fraud, though. We do. I, am, I I don't agree. Marist you, High you School probably, legend you know, Sean McVay. You don't have a connection to Sean McVay, and he doesn't remember you from a plane ride that he took like back in 2010. So that's why you don't like him. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel fine. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to pause real quick for a message from our sponsors. But we'll be right back. All right. We're back on the Chase and Most podcast, the sports reporters edition of the podcast. Um, Bob, do you know what you yeah, should not that? do? What? You should not work in the Minnesota Timberwolves front office. Bad things happen. <laughs> I think I'd be... Look, if they want to hire me as GM, I think that's fine. Um mm-hmm. Uh, on the internet yesterday is this news was was it yesterday or was it two days ago christ on a christmas tree um uh, i was reminded of the the of one of our, our personal faves bill simmons is mm. i should be named the minnesota timberwolves gm quest in 2009 i remember this yes he went on podcasts he would tweet about it a lot mm-hmm. in my memory he wrote an entire column about it I could not find it yesterday, not to to save my life. And I looked really hard. But there was another one where he said, I should be named the Milwaukee Bucks GM from a year earlier. So it was sort of a running bit. Um, wow. Wow. That was just... I, I look, I, I feel like the, the Timberwolves are one of the more dysfunctional teams in the NBA, and that's really saying something. Yes. Did you see people yeah, were dunking on Dan Devine's ringer piece about this? that this might lead to stability and i was like i if you read the piece i get what he was saying i get where he was he was going with this um but he was saying it will lead to stability he's like well okay 
they had to fire this guy. The new owners are coming in. It was just a question of time. The fact that there were pictures of the now former GM allegedly kissing his employee at a Twins game? Am I getting that right? Uh, not good. Fun times. Go Twins. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. Sim- I would simply not not do that if I were the general manager of an NBA team. They're, or in general, because it's, it's a bad thing to do. It's it's the what's it, Agupta, the guy who's coming in. Yes. He is so set up for failure, though. I, I really, well, he's an interim, right? Like they're not they're yeah. going to do this temporarily. Right, but yeah, who are they going to bring in exactly? I mean, like I know that Elton Brand was the favorite, right? Because A Rod and Moore, he loved Elton Brand, the guy who gave Why? Tobias Harris that Why contract. Mm. Here's my here's my question with this whole Timberwolves thing. I look at them, and I look at the uh, the Sacramento Kings, two franchises that you know 15, 20 years ago, actually twenty years ago, because the the, the Kings decided to, the Kings decided to get really stupid really quickly. Um, so I'd say about 15, 10, or 15, 20 years ago. You could have looked at these two franchises as either up and coming or just completely solid from the front office to the coaching and management. And I get that, you know, there are there are franchises that hit funks and, you know, you don't hit on every draft pick or every signing. Like, I totally get that. But for some reason, these two, it's like that. Harry Potter bit where Ronald and Harry are always getting in trouble and the headmaster she says every time something happens you two are involved and it's like every time there's something crappy that happens in the NBA it's either it's not Golden State but it's either Minnesota or Sacramento and I'm just like do you guys understand that you are laughing stocks and you've been a laughing stock like somebody needs to come in there and just say what the fuck like are you happy about basically camping out in the lottery the entire season like cool are are you happy with that okay then get get the f out like on the flip side anthony edwards is a delight he even makes ads for their new uniforms interesting like he did that minute uh bit on whoever their new home security i, I, I mean is, but, I, I, mm. I don't know how you pull that team out of the spiral that they're in they're really just in a bad place Edwards yeah. looks great that's awesome um towns this is year seven for him yeah he's been on you know and he still doesn't play enough defense to mm. be no matter how good a, he, a score he is, and I think Devine noted this, he's like, he is the best shooting seven-footer of all time. But, um, I mean, granted, yes, that just in terms of percentages, Dirk is clearly a better I was going to say, are we just, like, moving on from Dirk? Like, what is the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. In terms of the actual just, you know, the volume of threes that he took, the percentage that he's yeah. hitting, he is up there. I mean, Dirk is better, yes. But, uh... And, but he's not a player who contributes significantly to a winning team at this point. Um, the D'Angelo Russell 
Cat has been a good player in uh, very short bursts. We've uh, talked about it. We've discussed this. You can you can have D'Angelo Russell. Uh, For two yeah. months in Brooklyn, D'Angelo Russell was the player everyone thought. Like, uh, a very, yay! Uh, two months in Brooklyn. That sounds like a terrible sitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On uh, CBS, yeah, America's number one network. Yeah, I agree. But it's probably starring Kevin James. In any case, wait, uh, hold on! Don't you dare! Don't you de- don't you dare besmirch the comedic genius of Kevin James. You, Speaking of. Would you prefer Brad Garrett be gifted this role? Of this yes, because Kevin James... Two months in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, Brad also, Garrett. if you with knew Pat anything, Powell Bob, if you best. knew anything about Kevin James, you would know that that man is a man of Queens, New York, not of Brooklyn. He would never do a Brooklyn television show. It's a Queens man. Okay. okay. In any case... Uh, well, there's also this TV show called King of Queens that you can go stream on Peacock whenever you want. Great show. Um, D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I, I just, there aren't the pieces there for, like, the, I don't know what they're doing. Nazarene is a fun little backup center. They got a good pick in, in Jaden McDaniels or Josh McDaniels, whichever McDaniels they got. But they the, missed on the Culver. Thing. They moved on from him. But, I mean, they do have some good pieces. Malik Beasley's been good when he's been available I mean, they have pieces. <laughs> Available meaning, like, not arrested. Right. Um, yeah. But the problem with them, too, is just that, like, the West is so deep that I don't see, like, the Kings there, are in the spot. There, I, there is no path to them being a good team this year. Right. That's So people are getting fired and people are going to get frustrated. So it's like, Cat's fine right now, but, like, there's On no the path. Other hand, if they did offer, I mean, they're not going to do it because Towns and Russell are friends, but no. if they offered Philly, Russell... And Beasley, I think that's as good a package as Philly can get. No, then I'm just like, I'm dying on the Ben Simmons is playing and we're going to keep finding him a, a ridiculous yeah. amount of money. I'm not doing that. Yeah, that, I'm, not, I'm not taking that deal at all. I am making the, this as huge. What, like, what is a viable package for Ben Simmons? Oh, no. If I'm Daryl really Morey can... now, if I'm Daryl Morey right now, I like I would go full, full, full heel turn on Ben Simmons. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, you really think him mm-hmm. sitting away from the team yes every single day the team is going to get questions about this i don't care i'm doing it you and every single day because i don't think people be... are going to be uh, i don't think people are going to be against him i don't think they're going to be against the sixers i think they're going I, to I just no i don't think they're going to be against this if they don't I, it doesn't matter it's, it's like the james harden stuff last only, year where it's like the if they had waited story... mm, I the just, only story about is going to be where is Ben? Are you trading him? And when is he coming back? That's the story, until they trade him. Mm, I, don't I don't think, think that's him sitting out is going to increase his value, or in any way attract better offers. I don't know. I, I think, still think it's I like think, it's an I think easy we're story. With some serious sunk cost, and you just get the best deal you can and get the hell out of there. I don't. That teams have done that, and then they never recover. And you can't do that with Joel Embiid's timeline. Ooh. You just can't. Like, I'm sorry. When have when has waiting produced a better deal? No, I'm saying like getting out of an all-time potentially great player in his prime and then selling for ten cents in the dollar dollar is not something. The, let me get this straight. Hold on. The all-time potentially great player in his prime mm-hmm. you're referring to is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a future Hall of Famer. What? No. 
Yes, no, he is. No, 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 no. Yes, no, he no, is. No, no, no. no guaranteed. No. So, uh, guaranteed. I don't if he pl- violate your HIPAA rights, mm-hmm. like, what medicines are you taking right <laughs> now? Ben Simmons is Christ. Ben Simmons just his defense and passing alone. No, he will make it. No, yes, no, he will. No, 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 wrong, no, wrong. no. no. Ben Simmons no, is hundred percent wrong. You disagree. More wrong. I don't care if you. <laughs> Just it's just a wrong thing. It's not. Chase, We've I gone know, so far the other way. I, I am I am absolutely irate right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to get in a very calm space. Chase, do you know who doesn't agree with you? The other 32 NBA general managers. Well, there's only yes, 29, but for yeah. him, they would have traded for him in freaking July. No, they there's if, a t- there's a bunch of different reasons why this didn't happen. Hall of Famer, I mm-hmm. think. Portland might have been willing to offer, say, uh, C.J. McCollum. They probably still are, and Daryl Morey's like, no, I don't want C.J. If, 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 he would thing. be thanking his lucky charm. No, C.J. doesn't help. You're a worse team with C.J. than Ben Simmons next year. You are the, not okay, team. so here, so Chase, this is my question. If, if Ben Simmons is a quote-unquote future Hall of Famer, then why is nobody trading for him? Because this why has been nobody, the worst is, two, three months stretch of any all-time potentially great guy entering his why, prime. Why, like just a crazy yeah, you know situation. Because all-time great guys don't have two month stretches like this. That's what makes them all-time great. But guys. we don't have these conversations if Philly doesn't miss on Tatum and Fultz. Like we don't have this conversation if they don't pay Tobias that, Harris an exorbitant amount of money to be the. Nothing to do with Ben Simmons's ability. It does because this look no, what Ben no, Simmons no, was no. asked to do no. was different. And I mean, obviously, there's the the, the yip stuff and the past at thigh bowl and his stuff. He was not asked to do anything aside from shoot a dunk. No, that's not true. He I was really asked to defend the opposing team's best players. He shut down Trey for multiple games in that series. He does so much else that is so good. And, and, it's and, so and, elite. And, and, and what was the result of that, Chase? I'm not Did disagreeing, but that's series? not his fault. It's not his fault that Tobias okay. Harris and Seth Curry and Matisse Thibel are... Julius Randle an, mm. a future Hall of Famer in his prime? Hey, can Julius Randle just focus on getting the jab first before we throw Excuse him into... Excuse me. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. Did he? They all got jabbed. Okay. All the Knicks got jabbed. I... Suck it, Chase Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, speaking of jabs, like, look, here's the thing. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, his shot selection has always been questionable oh, here we go. on the court. Hey, my oh. God. It translates <laughs> Hold on a second. I want to go back to my Julius Randle point, which mm. is <laughs> Julius Randle, not a future Hall of Famer. Absolutely not. The season he just had. Would the Knicks trade Julius Randle for Ben Simmons straight up? Yes. No. Why would you not? No, they would not. Why would you not? Because Julius Randle is better at basketball. He is absolutely not. That is preposterous. Preposterous. If you replaced Julius Randle with Ben Simmons, would the Knicks win fewer games or more games? More. Wrong. I mean, it doesn't matter because the Knicks aren't even making the playoffs next year, so it doesn't matter. All this is no, moot. They are making the playoffs. They're going to be in the play-in tournament. But they're, they're not making the playoffs. These people, like when they're name talking me, about the... name me, t- name me ten teams in the East who are better than the Knicks. Okay, you ready? Yeah. The Celtics. Sure. The Nets. I need you to count um, to make sure I'm uh, Bucks. I'm using my fingers. Bucks, Sixers, Hawks. Um, 
Wait, hold on. I'm losing my place. There we go. Heat. Mm-hmm. Heat. Pacers. Whoa! Wizards. All right. What? No! Charlotte. Maybe. How many? That, how many is that? Even if you add the... Oh, Pacers. in Chicago and Toronto. The Knicks no. are not a worse team than the Wizards, Chicago, and Toronto. They are. I think they're better than Indiana. No. Rick Carlisle's already got it. No. Did the Knicks improve from last year's roster? Yes or no? No, they're worse. Why? They're running it back. I don't think they did enough. I think they're betting way too much on the development of RJ no, no, and Randall. No, no, what they did is they got rid of Alfred Payton, who's a black hole. Right. And our, did you watch? Did, wait, hold on. Did you watch Kimball Walker last year? Do we think Kimball Walker is ever going to be a good basketball player again? Better than Alfred Payton. Sure. That's sure. what they need him to be. Mm-hmm. You and were relying on Derrick Rose Fourier in the playoffs last year. An upgrade over Reggie Bullock. Those are the two guys they brought in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is an improved roster. The East is better. I don't think they're going to be a four seed next year. But I think they're going to make the play-in tournament no matter what. No. Because the Raptors and the Bulls and the Wizards are not better than them. They are. The Bulls, absolutely. But no. No, I, they're not. They are. Obi Toppin, is he going to play? You paid Alec, Alec Burks, so Alec Burks after getting paid, you got Evan Fournier in the starting lineup. Like your backcourt is what the the Celtics were running last year, and it their, was their backcourt is mm-hmm. is Kemba, Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, and Emmanuel Quickly. That and is a Alec solid. Burks. And it's not a solid backcourt. That's not solid. Man. How are you figuring that out? How is that going to work? That is an absolutely above average backcourt. Incorrect. Not in today's NBA. Did you see how good Derrick Rose was last year? Yeah. How much longer is that going to keep going? They don't. They need him to give 20 to 24 minutes a night of quality. I'm sorry. If he's getting 20 to 24 minutes, then how many is Kimba and how many is quickly getting? They're all going to get, they're all going to average probably in the low 20s a night. Because you can play, you can slide Fournier over to small forward. Mm. They're going to earn the mid to, they're going to all get like in the mid 25 to 28 minutes a night. Not counting injuries. Well, I'm concerned. Where's Dwayne Bacon in this conversation? The Dwayne Bacon is, is, is not going to make the roster, man. I'm really sorry for all you Bacon heads out there. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've gotten entirely off your initial wrong point, which uh-huh. is that Ben Simmons is a future Hall of Famer. This is correct, yeah. Is Zach Randolph a Hall of Famer? Ooh, yes. No. Grit and grind is almost enough. No, no, no. I think no, it's no. almost Marcus enough. Marcus no. is a fringe, is a borderline Hall of Famer. Is, yeah, Marcus All fringe. Marcus All like, is fringe, and that's and no. That's I think Pow is in for sure. Pow is in for Ooh. sure. Right, because they both have like an extensive international basketball list of achievements in addition to the stuff they've done in the NBA. Yes, Pow and Mark are probably in, but Zach Randolph, while delightful. And a crucial part of a very good team for a long time is not mm. a Hall of Famer. Here's, okay, Chase. Chase. Here's 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 the. I'm not as adamant about having, that one. I was I was having this conversation with somebody about this actually a while back. We were because t- we were talking about uh, how basically the Pro Football Hall of Fame has a pretty standard intake process. Um, it can be a little childish at times, but not as childish as. Major League Baseball. Meanwhile, NHL and the Pro Hockey Hall of Fame is pretty like, okay, did you make a make a significant impact on the sport? Yes. 
do you have more than you have your name on the Stanley Cup more than once? Yes. Okay, yeah, you're probably getting in. The International Basketball Hall of Fame is basically treated like ladies' night, ladies in before 11. Everybody gets in, but the thing is, you're going to see a huge bottleneck coming up, I'd say in the next five to 10 years, where some some of the people that we all love, like, you know, that basketball Twitter quote-unquote loves, aren't getting in because they didn't do enough. Like, yeah, you you have the name recognition, but your body of work isn't really that great. Zach Randolph is yeah. is Zach Randolph has been was an all-star, was a very, very good player for a number of years. He's not a Hall of Famer. He, you know, you know, it kind of reminds me of the whole. It's I with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I I like to use the Ken O'Brien line, where basically, okay, is Ken O'Brien Ken O'Brien should be a Hall of Famer? Absolutely, no, no, no. I I, no. I would put here's Bob. He Bob doesn't believe anybody's like Hall of Famer. I would That's put ridiculous. I would I would put him in, but the thing is, no, he wasn't way, that good. The the way the way the quarterbacking has. Has progressed. He to do with the way quarterbacking has progressed. He wasn't so he was. So he wasn't the. So he wasn't the best quarterback. He wasn't the fourth best quarterback of the decade, who includes a Super Bowl MVP of the seventies. Kevin Bryant is the fourth best quarterback of the nineteen eighties. I was. I was saying of the seventies, Bob. Ken O'Brien played in the eighties. No, I mean not Ken O'Brien. Um, Ken Joe Namath. Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson. I was talk, I was talk, Those I was are completely. <laughs> So no, okay, so I had, I'm sorry, I had Ken Anderson. I was talking. So is Ken Anderson, Ken the Ken Anderson barometer for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Is that is that on par with the Zach Randolph barometer to get in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that that seems that's reasonably cromulent. Just to yeah. be clear, we're not talking about Ken Dorsey. No. Okay. No. Who I'm maybe should about Ken about Ken Shamrock? <laughs> Are, 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 are we talking about uh, also the best quarterbacks in the 1970s are, are Brad or some combination of Bradshaw, Staubach, Tarkenton, and Stabler? But Ken mm. Anderson is on that fringe. Yeah. Fun and fact: who, Fran Tarkenton like lived next to my my dad growing up at some point. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. Atlanta guy. People forget Fran Tarkenton actually an Atlanta yeah, guy. No, he's from Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, That's he, all I've got he, on that. I, I didn't have a follow-up. <laughs> you do know you do know the story about how Franz Tarkenton, uh, why he left the uh, why he left the Vikings the first time, right? I do not. So, quick story: uh, the Fal- Falcons and Vikings were playing, and uh, basically it was, you know, hey, you're going to get a chance to see, you know, Georgia's own, you know, Franz Tarkenton. Mm-hmm. In a game in Minnesota, when you know back, back in that day, it was kind of rare to get games outside of your area. Well, Norm Van Brocklin, the head coach at the time, didn't start. Uh, <laughs> he didn't I, start. By the way, I, I highly Brock- recommend that everyone. This is I know we're, we're we're seeping into the recommendations, but if you haven't watched John Boyce's series on the Atlanta Falcons, oh, it's so good. It is. There's a lot of good Norm Norm Van Brocklin tidbits and yeah. 
it's wait it's uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump the life to come. That's a quote from Macbeth. They released the movie today. Um, I forgot and, the, the movie. No. And, but yeah, basically, yeah. So Fran Tarkenton uh, didn't play, and he was like, "Yeah, screw this. I'm gonna go to the to the Giants." And then he ends up playing for so Ali Sherman, who, towards- by the way, hates him just as much as uh, yeah. as Norm Van Brock. So yeah, the 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 fun uh, and I'd forgotten this, but uh, Fran Tarkenton spoke at the 2016 uh, Republican National he Convention. Absolutely did. Who knew? Who knew? It's always fun when you get like a, an ex athlete who you haven't heard from in years, and you and you just learn about they're just absolutely like. Herschel Walker is running for Senate in Georgia. I know, and he's going to get the nomination too. I know. He's and he's just he's he's done so. But much. he but but he doesn't is. Is it the thing that he doesn't vote out there or something? He's or lived in Texas voted? for like thirty years. He hasn't lived in Georgia in forever. That's that's carpetbagging right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like Democrats in the state of Georgia, as a uh, local political wonk uh, for the state of yeah. Georgia. I can I can fill you guys in, but like the whole thing with John Ossoff is he was not local. He went to Padilla, um and grew up in Atlanta, but he was he was not a local guy. Like he he was very much someone who was coming back and saw an opening. Um, to get in, so it's like Democrats can't really press against that. But he's also not going against Ossoff; he's going against um, Warnock. Uh, but yeah, I don't which, think he's going to win because Warnock is well, not going to win at all. I think it's going to be close, yeah. but I don't think he's going to win because Warnock. I don't know if people know has uh, raised a bunch, bunch of money. Dude's a good well, fundraiser. He's, he's raised a bunch of money, and here's the thing about Herschel Walker. Mm. Herschel Walker has got some uh, some skeletons in his closet. Yeah, that, and some very strange ideas about how the world works now. They that are not uh, necessary. Like you can you can kind of pillage forward to election day with that, but it's going to be hanging on you, as we've kind of learned over the last what five years. Uh, your dirt will hang on you for a long time. But we're also dangerously close to Tommy Tupperville and Herschel Walker being uh, two state senators in uh, two uh, two bordering states in the year of 2021. You know what? I I do appreciate the fact that that politics Twitter Mm. basically had to learn from college football Twitter as to why Tommy Tupperville was so (laughs) terrible. And they were like, oh, like halfway through the year, they're like, Oh yeah, we kind of get it now, and we're like, yeah. See, we told you, we told you, nerds. Bob. Yeah. What's your pick of the week? Um, there's a story, and I'm just trying to find it because I can't, I can't find it at the moment. Um, but there is, uh, crikey, uh, do Andrews while I quickly do some quick googling to get the name of the the story that I have to find. Andrew, your pick of the week. Uh, Ryder Cup and uh, another pick because I'll have something coming out soon. Uh, I'm going to be talking with Joe Posnanski with the Athletic regarding Ooh, the podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, with uh, Baseball 100, he has his book out, and so yeah, basically uh, going to be talking with him on Monday. So I will be spending, I'd say, um, probably most of tonight uh, reading that book and. Mm. Uh, getting things uh, lined up for the interview on Monday. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm reading Boys Will I'm Be done. Boys. 
um, on Jeff Perlman by Jeff Perlman. Um, wait, which uh, which wait, which book? Boys will be boys. The Dallas Cowboys nineties oh, um, book. Uh, yeah. Where are you at in that book? I'm pretty early on. I just started it yesterday. <laughs> well, it starts off with a banger. The Michael Irvin oh, yeah, scissor Michael story. Irvin almost stabs a motherfucker. No, he didn't. Yeah. Almost he did stab him. And oh, uh, yeah, we well, it's fantastic. Um, I love Perlman's books because they always start off. And and we had this conversation last year. Where we were talking about the the book with the the Lakers. Mm. He was like, always want to start off with the most insane. I thing. I do this. I do this all the time. I totally steal this thing. Whenever I'm working on a schlong form thing, I always think to myself, what is the coolest part of this story that I tell people when they ask me what I'm working on? And I make that. And I I, I often use that as the in media res lead. Mm. It's just. Get the get the coolest part of the thing first, and then work your way back to that point. I do that a lot. You guys have read uh, the and the bad guys one, right? The Mets about book. the uh, yeah Mets book. I haven't. I've read parts. I haven't read. Okay, the, so read he the starts thing. off. So you know he starts off with the uh, with the actual the with baseball's version of the plane ride from hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Astros plane. I know all about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he started off with yeah. that, and I, I remember reading that on a road trip, and I'm like, oh, my God. So when the Mets 30 for 30 was on, I was like, oh, yeah, they're absolutely going to talk about that. And, like, it was basically like Stalingrad. They were like, yeah, we aren't we we aren't talking about that. Nope. <laughs> like, uh, I, I forgot who it was. Um, but, a lot of bugs. <laughs> yeah, there, there was just like, there was like, yeah, we um, – God, I forgot who, who the was nickname. The... It was a Roscoe, Jesse Roscoe, the Mets reliever. Doug Sisk, another reliever, was all a part of this. Danny Heap was all uh, also in that grouping. They were known as the Scuzz Bunch. Was the first? Those were the Mets who were deemed somehow more reprehensible than the two All Stars who developed uh, crippling drug addictions over the course of their career. Yeah, they were deemed worse than that. Which is actually impressive. Um, no, so my favorite, my favorite thing about the whole thing was Wally Backman. Uh, when they asked him about it, he basically just like put his head down. He was like, "Nope, no, I'm not." Like, nope. You just know, you know for a fact that <laughs> they committed crimes, man. Allegedly. Crimes? Yeah. It was like things, things happened on that plane that you nobody will. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it, it's kind of like Ken Burns Vietnam, where they talk to some of the guys, and they're like having those like I, I still can't talk about that. Like they're having those type of like no, but Perlman's dictum. It's it's true. Like you don't have to actually just start like in the middle of the coolest story, but that is a rule. Like when I'm writing something that's going to be long, I always make sure to say like, okay, what is the most? What is the part of this story that when you tell people about it makes them go what the hell and yeah. i start there and i'm, and I'm interested in seeing what he's going to do with bo jackson's book yeah mm. slinging yang just slinging yang all over the place um it's a good podcast case, my recommendation my recommendation is uh, an article in vanity fair which and i'm just going to read the headline and i'll i'll let you know if you guys are in all you chase thomas podcast fan listeners mm. out there the headline is james it is not. It's from earlier this month, and the headline is, When Doug and Ashley Benefield started a ballet company, it wasn't supposed to end in death. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
The Charleston-based evangelicals had much in common, colon, guns, God, Trump. What went wrong, only one of them could say. <laughs> because the other one is dead. Yes, one of them is dead. Oh, shit, I was actually Spoiler. joking. I didn't know. No, no, that's what the subhead indicates, oh, that one of them will end up dead by the end of this story. Incredible. It's like an adventure book. It is like it. It's it's literally this one writer. It's very cool. This one writer was said. You know they wanted briefly these two people, Doug and Ashley Benfield, who were you know Doug was very wealthy. Ashley was I think thirty years his junior or something like that. Uh, they were again heavy in GOP circles, and at, she used to be a dancer. And he decided to fulfill his wife's passion. They were going to start a major ballet company in Charleston. Which is a huge thing, because I don't know, again, how much Chase Thomas podcast listeners out there know about the economics of ballet, mm. but it freaking sucks. There are very few consistent paying jobs, even in non-pandemic times, and a ballet dancer's window to achieve a stable income of any kind is frighteningly short. So when someone walks in saying they've got a six-figure budget and wants to build a major ballet company... That's like manna from heaven. So this one reporter was like, okay, I'm going to report on this because this is very rare. And, of course, it leads to murder, and they spent three years working on this story. Hell yeah. It's a good it's a, it's, It is a real stem winder, let me tell you. He said it's Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Headline is, when Doug and Ashley Benfield started a ballet company, it wasn't <laughs> supposed to end in death I think if you google ballet company end in death it'll probably be one of the top results Bob we can find you on twitter at Bob <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's no transition for that no 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 no, no, no! I dropped the hammer. That's that's the curtain comes down now. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Bob Seda. I've got uh, four profiles up at the Daily Beast. If you'd like to read them, one is of NBA great Oscar Robertson. Um, the other is of Kaya McCulloch, who was a player who report who was went on the record to talk about uh, the like abusive behavior of the coach of the Washington Spirit, who was summarily fired or moved to another part of the organization it's unclear what the team is going to do um i got another one about ryan o'callahan who uh is a, was an offensive tackle in the nfl with the chiefs and the patriots and came out after retirement he's talking about carl Nassib and a bunch of other things and he works to help uh lgbtq athletes and then finally there is i got a story about uh, carlos delgado and his protests three years after 9-11 so all those stories can be found if you google my name and, and subscribe about. to the Daily Beast Go- if you have not already. Bob just told y'all to Google me, bitches. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. You will get you'll get me and this one rabbi. And, mm. and so don't don't read about the rabbi. He seems like a nice wow. man. Wow. There's also a well-known chiropractor, and and of course the Robert Silverman who was in all those David. Okay, Bob. Andrew, can you do yours? Bob is just going to go down the rabbit hole of his. his yeah, name. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to a ham free press mm-hmm. just. Yeah, um, a lot of people got mad because I I said the honest truth that the NFL is probably going to end up going to a Monday Super Bowl. Um, deal with really? it. So because you know they're going to the they're going to extra wild card or mm. they're going to a yeah, Monday Monday wild like, card game. 
I cannot imagine that they get they rope in so many viewers when having people sit around and watch their dumb pregame show all afternoon. But you the, can't do that. But here's the thing, Bob, What happens to the, the puppy bowl in this situation? They they've put they've put football on Monday all the freaking time. Right, but not me, the superb owl. You Correct. Can't, you can't tell me that the NFL is like, oh, no, they Let's want put it to on make a, a whole day of it so they do Super Bowl parties, and you can't do that on a work day, man. Yeah, what if can. the Super Bowl became a national easy. holiday? That yeah, Monday, get off. Ben Simmons' ass take, man. Bingo. Yikes. No, no. Bingo. Bingo. No. You see it. That you would be hilarious. That would be the most American thing of all time. I know there, why there's no topping that. You because you're like Chase. Wrong, <laughs> instance. Brutal. Bob Silverman, Andrew Hammond, always a pleasure. Miss talking to you guys. Um, I will talk to you next week. All right, the Atlanta sports guys, we have kind of reconvened because, unfortunately, Max Markovich made his way to Ann Arbor to go watch Cade McNamara maybe maybe crap bet against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights as Greg Schiano goes into Ann Arbor after a, a, a difficult game a year ago. We'll see what happens um, in Ann Arbor, but uh, people are saying, people are saying that the Michigan's on upset alert. Uh, Max will be back next week, but here from 99 the game my good friend garrett chapman is fresh off a decatur bulldogs thriller last weekend oh, yeah yeah you're on the sidelines you're 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 doing big time scoreboard stuff now these days garrett yeah man no i'm doing that's one thing that uh, 92.9's kind of picked up it's because there's never really been like a, a radio station focused on atlanta Mm. Uh, which is kind of crazy because i mean high school football in the state or the, in the state is huge especially atlanta so um, it was a big thing that, that the station really wanted to jump into. And I mean, it was a good opportunity for me. So, I mean, look, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. And honestly, Decatur, I mean, that's, that's an upstart program. I mean, they've had, I mean, that's not really a program that you would ever think is like a big winning program, but I mean, I think they're off to a 4-0 start now and they're ranked for the first time in a long time. Coach of the week, like two weeks in a row. I mean, they're a good little program. Uh, both my grandparents went to Decatur actually. No kidding. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I've got some friends who went to Decatur High School. We, uh, the, my last memory of playing Decatur, we played them my junior year of high school or something. We beat them like by forty points. Mm-hmm. But that was really the last time I remember them or football team. But they actually have a really cool field. I don't, I don't know if you've. It's been new. Ever yeah. It's it. They've revamped a lot of that area. Um, downtown Decatur and all that. I mean, they just keep doing work. But yeah, it's it's nice now. No, it's really nice. I mean, I, th- I, I think it's it's unique in the sense that. You have the stadium on one side, and then you have like a small visiting section, and then mm-hmm. a massive like real like real estate development, like with the apartment complexes and everything, big balconies. Everyone comes out, grills out, and like overlooks the game, and it's kind of cool. Absolutely, absolutely. And they were playing what Arabia, where the, one of the weirder mountains you can go hike. Arabia Mountain. Yeah, Arabia one of the. I, I just know that every time I try to tag him on Twitter, it kept pulling up like the Saudi Arabian like embassy uh, <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I definitely don't want to tag them. <laughs> a little different. A little different. A little bit different there. But also just a really weird mountain. Have you ever hiked Arabia Mountain in in Stonecrest area? When I was young, mm. uh, I was a scout, so I, I hiked all the mountains. All wait, the were you there. a you were you a Boy Scout? Oh yeah, man. Were you an Eagle Scout? I sure was. That's wild. I was an Eagle Scout. No kidding. Right? <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> wow. Weird. Few and far between. There aren't many. Um, wow. 
Look at us. Who would have thought? Shout out to Paul Rudd. <laughs> Who would have thought? Man. Look at us. No, there. No, everyone in my family is one. My dad's one. Both my uncles. Um, both my brothers. Yeah. So it's like kind of. It was like a big thing in our family. Same. That's wild. Like my grandfather, I think, was the Silver Beaver. He won the Silver Beaver Award. I don't know if that oh. means it. Um, but I don't know what that is. I know my dad did the white badge stuff or whatever. Well, like Silver Beaver is like some some kind of like lifelong achievement thing, and they did the Philmont stuff, and they did they did all did that. Did you ever do any Philmont trips or, or the high adventure stuff? Did I? Yeah. No, I did not do Philmont. My brother did scuba and I forgot where it was, where they went. The Somewhere keys? in Florida. Yeah, it was in the Keys. Yeah, that's uh, Seabase. Yeah, Seabase, that's right. Yeah. I did Seabase. I did, I did all three of them. Um, I was fortunate enough to do all three. I went up to uh, Canada. I was like, I think it was canoeing up in the barrier waters of North Minnesota. Mm-hmm. One of the most incredible things. It, it's it, It's just beautiful. Highly recommend, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. And then the backpacking, backpacking is not my favorite thing in the world. That's that one. That one's a, whew, I think it went like a hundred miles in Philmont. Mm. That, that was a trip. But was Philmont worth it? Oh, no question. It was absolutely worth it. We were out there for like two weeks out in the mountains. Uh, back, I think I was like in like a sophomore in high school, freshman, sophomore in high school. It's it's, it's cool experience. It's a really cool experience. Yeah, it gets yeah. you out of there, out of like your, your comfort zone a little bit. And it was, it was a great experience. It was something I would, I would definitely do again. I'm just way too out of shape now. <laughs> what if could you run a mile right now, Garrett? If you if you needed to, if what? I could I run a mile? Mm-hmm. Yes, without I stopping. I could run a mile. Okay, two. I could do that. No, I, could. <laughs> I couldn't do two. <laughs> back back a couple of years ago, um, like a year ago, I stopped working out really, uh, unfortunately, because mm. I work too much. <laughs> I don't want to wake up at like six o'clock in the morning to go work out because I'm like, yeah, do I really want to do that or yeah? No, that's but, part no, of at getting that point, old. I was able to run. I was able. I was getting like two three miles at a time and but not anymore no kind of lost it <laughs> it's part of getting older man it, it just becomes more and more difficult um this naturally brings us garrett this is see this is one of the good things when max is in here outside of just all the i mean max has really fallen fallen down into that number two spot on this podcast but <laughs> um like just that we we would never have figured out that we were two eagle scouts if you were here so this is this is the important stuff is when we really get to know each other <laughs> this without nitty gritty you know mm-hmm. this, is, this is that next level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um the atlanta hawks so schlink was talking to the media today um training camp is upon us people are making their way back uh tlc is trying to get back from france and the hawks are working with him to get him back um to atlanta i was looking at the depth chart and i like it's actually kind of mind-blowing to see how deep this team is but it's also theoretical depth because injuries are everywhere to start this year bogey's not healthy yet um herder's not healthy hunter is definitely not healthy and you think about it and you're like oh well i mean a kong was gone and it we are if everyone's healthy this is a very depth there's a very depthy depthy team but like we're going to be missing, it seems like, a lot of guys. And I think a lot of guys are going to be on minutes restrictions for their foreseeable future, right? Is that kind of what you gathered from Schlink today? Yeah. I mean, I mean, DeAndre Hunter is, is really the one that I've got my eye on because he had that knee surgery. Uh, and I know that he's not going to be full go. <clears throat> but, I mean, look, I mean, if he's able to play one-on-one by the end of camp, I think that's, a, that's progress. Um, I'm not terrible. I'm, I am far more concerned about getting these guys – healthy and ready to play basketball come November. 
because it's, it's like training camp isn't as important to me because these are young guys who are going to be able to play on the fly. I mean, that's just it, it's the NBA. I mean, like these guys are, are like the top of their game, obviously, but. Uh, I'm not worried about the chemistry because that's going to come just with game reps. And it, I don't think it, I don't think these guys are really going to be playing all that many minutes like in the preseason anyway. I mean, I, I see this kind of like the NFL. Um, they're going to have some growing pains right there at first, but I, I'd rather these guys be healthy. That's really the number one thing because, um, I mean, Clint Capella, he had that Achilles thing. Kevin Herter, I, 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 there's a lot of people who are really injured, but Travis Link has done a very good job as, of establishing depth and, and building a roster that, that can withstand – this flurry of injuries. I mean, we did it all last season. Um, so I'm not, I'm not ready to hit the panic button on anything yet. So um, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, they, they re-signed and extended the people they need to extend. Uh, I think the Hawks are on the right path and just get healthy. That's really the biggest thing. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. It's not even that. I'm not really worried about the being fine part. I mean, I think, I don't think Hunter's going to be fine. I'm getting more and more, like I'm at the point now where I'll be surprised if Hunter gets through all of this and is just a healthy basketball player for the foreseeable future um it we're, worries me yeah right like this is really still a thing this is nagging worry. this is getting to the point of just a nagging part of part of hunter's game yeah i mean th- there are players like this i mean mm-hmm. you, i mean the equating it to football again i mean like you think of like a percy harvin or something a mm-hmm. guy who's just electric fantastic football player I only say that because i just i just read something on him but um, I mean, just think like Derek Rose, these guys who are just incredible athletes, very good at what they do, but they just can't stay healthy. And it's just, I mean, DeAndre Hunter, has, the, the, the ceiling for this guy is just so high, mm-hmm. but he's already a little bit older than what your average, your prototypical young player is like your, what is he third year now? Is it nearing his third year? So he's a lot older than your average third year basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's already a concern. And then he's, he's, he can't stay healthy. That's a concern. And, I mean, a player is only as good as the minute he logs on the floor. And the the longer we get to know, the more we get to know DeAndre Hunter, the more we fall in love with his physical abilities. But the more I grow concerned, just like you, Chase, that he just can't play basketball like on a consistent basis because he's got to put minutes on the floor. Um, and and we can't keep missing him like we did in the playoffs. No, I mean availability is just too critical with this group. Like when you have the expectations that this team now has, like. He's just got to be available, and we discount availability, um, I think, too much as fans a lot um, when we look at the league. And it's just like this dude's got to be able, got to be able to play. He's got to be someone they can count on because that spot is just so critical. Because they've also got to make decisions on Herder. They got to make decisions on um, Cam Reddish, and they need Hunter in there to figure out how they're going to pay guys, how they're going to keep building this roster out. I mean, Jalen Johnson is he someone that steps up and gets some time? just because they are going to need guys to step in for 12 to 20 minutes a night in the regular season because Herter is going to miss some time, Bogey's going to miss some time, and Hunter might miss extended time again. So yeah. I'm curious to see how this all – like, what would you guess? Because I was thinking about it today. I'm like, I have no idea what the, the starting five is going to be on opening night. No clue. And it's not it's not because of a lack of da- a talent. Right. It's just that these guys just cannot stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know what they're going to do. I'm a little worried about with the shoulder injury. He had surgery, but – I mean, my God, uh, Jalen Johnson's a guy who I was excited to see, but not right out of the gate. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who who's like, I was going to watch him play in preseason. I was going to be excited about that. But then it's like after that, it's like that's a guy who needs to be on minutes restrictions, like just like not minutes restrictions. He needs to be coming off the bench, not playing extended minutes. And it's looking at that point where it's like we might have to see him. 
Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, like, this is a team that we fully expect. I, I fully expect this to be a 50-plus win basketball team. Mm-hmm. That is where this team falls to me. Maybe if, if they go 50 to 55, I think that's where they peg. But the thing is, if they're not healthy, don't be surprised that that they fall to like 40, 45. Because you got to play you got to play the basketball game if you're actually going to win games, you know? So I, I'm I'm the the Eastern Conference is is looking more and more competitive from 1 through 6, 7, all the way back to the Celtics or so. Um, so it's not like the, the Hawks are going to be – it's not like past years where the Hawks can just kind of throw a roster out there and win enough games to get to the playoffs. This is a good Eastern Conference, and they have to be healthy. They have to be in, in, in position. But look, I, I'll say it again. Travis Schlink, I think, has done an exceptionally good job of putting together the pieces on this roster that we have depth at the wing position, which I think is, outside of Trey Young, the most important thing that we have on this team. And – Jalen Johnson, I think, is going to be good. I just don't want to put him in that spot just yet. I want him to grow into that role. Um, but look, I'm I, again. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. We're still we're, we haven't even opened preseason yet, so I don't. All we have it's not is, panic. Uh, it's just like the trash. reality that we're we're looking at with Schlink putting it out there of all the different injuries. You're like, okay, this is a reality that the Atlanta fans are going to have to deal with. Is that there's going to be a lot of unavailability guys, and there's going to be a lot of questions on a random Tuesday. Like people are going to be sitting. That's something I like. There are going to be a lot of rest days, so there's going to be a lot of DMP rest. I think on this roster. But I think that's fine. I mean, Travis fine. also said that he fully expects those four guys to play October 21st when they take on the Mavericks. Do you believe that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I, I think so. Um, I mean, Clint Capella. I mean, he had he had the injection. Kevin, I'm looking at it right now. Kevin Herter ankle procedure. That was a couple months ago, though, right? That was yeah. like right after the playoffs. Herder, I know, I'm not concerned. I think the biggest wild card, the two biggest wild cards still are pretty young. Like, yeah. So it's like these guys bounce back from injuries. I think they'll be okay. And it's, I mean, injuries are a part of the game. You know, mm-hmm. players get beat up. Things happen. Uh, I'm not terribly concerned. I, I think they're going to play. I agree with you. There's going to be more rest days. Um, but the thing is, I think we have the talent to 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 mitigate that, to, to make, make up for it. So I think we'll be fine. The Hawks are still a 51 basketball team. And at the end of the day, as long as they're healthy, get to the playoffs be healthy for the playoffs we'll see what happens absolutely um what do you think is going to to happen this weekend we we watched the falcons just get blown up um in the second half by the bucks uh tom brady is i believe still number one in pass in uh pff's uh quarterback rankings through two weeks jalen hurts is actually number two so the falcons shout out to them doing the doing the lord's work uh bumping up all these quarterbacks so daniel jones who i wrote about he's number six coming into this week so the the falcons just the the keep the gift that keeps on giving but if this was a time for the falcons to turn the corner and really like show something it's the giants like the like the daniel jones meme stuff right itself but like galladay has not been good out of the gate shepherd has been really good but this offensive line is terrible andrew thomas is uh just bad like he's been atrocious now a year and a half and uh that looks like a huge miss and you can't miss there as falcons fans we know what it's like to miss on high draft picks and on the offensive line and defensive line you can't miss there and they are like they this offensive line with um nate solder and uh andrew thomas at the tackle spots have been devastating their guard play is awful uh, the only player who's actually posting a p- above average grade on that offensive line is um, their center also saquon hasn't been good he doesn't look right this is why you don't draft healthy, yeah yeah you don't draft running backs in the top five um <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of bad juju. You got Kenny Galladay really upset about Jason Garrett, who could have seen that coming. Um, <laughs> this is a weird game because I 
I could see the Falcons winning, but like, man, we had the worst point differential in football to this point. This offensive line really, really sucks. Um, I don't believe in this pass rush being able to do anything, even though they should, because this is the team where the pass rush should step up. Fowler should make plays. Grady Jarrett should do some stuff. But I mean, even if AJ Terrell, who's been great this year, shuts down Kenny Galladay, I'm like, I, I don't know. Are we sure that Isaiah Oliver or Fabian Moreau can shut down Sterling Shepard? I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. But what do you make of this matchup for the Falcons? Do you like it, or are you just like, eh, this is this is probably gonna end up with another loss? See, <clears throat> that's a big thing that I'm looking at is AJ Terrell's health. I, I think that's really gonna be a big one. He's still coming off that concussion. I don't know if he's pra- he hasn't practiced this week as far as not I know. good. Um. But the thing is, I mean, if he's ready to go, I think that that that's good things for this defense. I mean, he's probably the best player, one of the best players on that defense. Um, he's very good and he's flashed it all season. But um, look, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is a game that the Falcons should win and will win. Um, oh, okay. They need to. I mean, come on. I mean, like, you look at a talent comparison of the of the the apples to apples comparison of these two teams, and the Falcons are are head and shoulders better than than the Giants. Like. Uh, I, Are we sure? There's not a lot that the Giants do that really scares me, mostly because Saquon Barkley hasn't looked like himself. But the thing is, <clears throat> at least in the past, the Falcons have seemingly been the get-right game for teams. Um, and that is really the big thing that I'm going to be looking for is whether or not Arthur Smith can get these guys in a position where they're not the get-right game because that has just been the most frustrating thing for for this team in the past couple of years because – um, you look at the Titans from last year. Uh, like the Titans were, were a scrambling team, and then they play the Falcons, and all of a sudden they're, they shoot off and, and make a run of playoffs. Um, I, I think Marcus Mariota. That what was that a couple of years ago. Marcus Mariota throws for like 400 yards against the Falcons, just kind of like out of nowhere, and then <laughs> and that's it. Mm. Um, but no, I'm not terribly concerned. I think that the the pass rush. I think this is the this is a potential like Dean Pease. Hey, you guys have what it takes, kind of game. Um, I want to see what Fowler does against Nate Solder, like a guy who's not exactly a world beater at tackle. I'm not really terribly concerned about him necessarily, but I know he's a highly paid tackle, but he doesn't play like it necessarily. But look, this is a game that the Falcons are supposed to win. Um, If they can keep Matt Ryan upright against a a pretty good defensive front for the Giants, then I think that this is is definitely a game that they should and could win. Hmm. I don't know, like... So the Davidsons have been awful uh, to this point. Grady's been good. Means terrible. Um, Fowler, I guess, a little bit better. But, like, man, I look up He's and down right. this. He got a sack last. He had the sack fumble last week. Yeah. Which was kind of nice. Whenever we get a sack fumble on Brady, that's always a good thing. But, I mean, but last week was just the epitome of what the Falcons have been. Mm-hmm. It's where they come just, like, you quit on the team, and then they, and then they come so fast frustratingly close to making it interesting and sucking you back in and then just absolutely crapping on your hopes and dreams are we going to get uh, russell gage involved this season is that a part he's of the game even, plan i'm playing next week he's not playing sunday <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to play so I, but the thing is it's like they he needs to be the second option uh in a good offense but or i mean excuse me Kyle pitts needs to be that second option and then gage needs to come in after that but i mean look you can't get to your second option if, if Matt Ryan isn't in the in the pocket standing mm-hmm. upright for more than two seconds. It's the kind of thing. It's it's where he, he takes a snap, looks at his first read, moves to his second read, and he's sacked, or he's out of the pocket and he's scrambling, running away, trying to trying to get something off, make something happen. That's how it's been all season long. And Russell Gage is talented enough. He needs to be a, a, a more like a, a more involved in the offense, but 
look, he's not going to be your first option. Uh, he shouldn't even be the second option. He's a very he's a very good third option for a football team, but you we can't even get to him in progressions. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. No, um, also, Jalen Mayfield, 69th of 69 guards graded to this point uh, in the NFL season. It's it's not good, man. It's not good. McGarry's not good. Matthews has not been good. I mean, this team he was, was better go- last week. He was better last week. Okay. Um, so I, I think you can attribute that first game, maybe just a couple jitters, not just because it was his first NFL game. It's He was also playing a new position in his first NFL game. You know, so it's it's not it's not necessarily fair. And he's going up against Fletcher Cox. I mean, yeah. My God. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean, talk about baptism by fire. But um, and then he comes back, and then he has Vita Vey for for Tampa Bay. So I, I'm I'm not I'm not thrilled that he is the starting left guard, but I'm more not thrilled that we really don't have another option. Um, but that kind of just I Drew Dalman might be an option. I don't know. Is he? Is he really? I don't know. He can't be worse, right? I mean, it can't be. It's hard to be worse than 69th. Right. I mean, it, it, that's so bad that I'm not even making a joke out of it, you know? That's how bad it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what happens on Sunday. I think it's going to be really dumb. I think there's going to be a lot of dumb turnovers in this game. I think this is going to be a <laughs> rough one to watch. Um, well, who's going to make the dumb one? That's that's Who's going to make the really dumb one? Because Matt Ryan's had some pretty just eye-gouging plays this year. But not all of them are his fault because, I mean, obviously he has no time in the pocket and he's just trying to get the ball away. But, god damn. I mean, <laughs> just is it so much to ask for just to, to put together one complete football game? Yes. It's just, I guess. But here, one thing that does encourage me just a little bit, though, if you mm-hmm. look at the, at the upcoming schedule for the Falcons, say they, they do what they're supposed to do and win on Sunday. That's one and two. Then you go and you have the the excuse me the uh, the Washington football team. I still call them the Redskins. Uh, then we have the football team coming to Atlanta to play. That's a, I still think that's a winnable football game. Um, then you have the Jets. That's a winnable football game. Then you have Dol- the Dolphins, likely without Tua. That's a winnable football game. Panthers. It's a division game. I always assume that all division games are splits. That's also a winnable football game. Then you have the Saints with with Jameis Winston, who we have absolutely no idea who he's going to be. So uh, that's the thing. Win this game win next week and then all of a sudden you're two and two you have four winnable games ahead of you this i mean I, so i'm not fully hitting the panic button yet on the on the atlanta falcons i'm i, I know i said last week that i was freaking out and like oh my god the, the 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 sky is falling but look the schedule the early schedule lays itself out for the falcons to have a winning record and look this team just needs a bit of confidence i i just don't see the team playing with any right now but you're playing some pretty bad football teams here in the next couple of weeks and if you come out, you do what you're supposed to do and win these games, I think this team could be playing with a little bit more confidence and swagger, and that's what they need because they just don't have any of that right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's rough, man. We're only two weeks into the season. We're like, I, I don't know if I can I can do 17 games of this. I'm already, I'm already concerned. As long as it's not like it's been like – if they come out and they play like they did against Philly, then I, I'm just – the second half Philly. If they play like they did in that second half of that football game – then I'm I have some very serious concerns not only for this team but for this coaching staff because the way that they played in that second half was so utterly uninspired that I, it was it was probably the most frustrated I've been watching a football game in a very very long time because I you come in and you have all these expectations new coach new new culture blah 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 
and then you just come out and just lay just such a shitty little egg like they did. And I, I haven't left a football game that frustrated in a very long time. Um, and then you come back against Tampa and you battle and you fight and, and it's like, all right, man, this team actually does have some fight. And then all hell breaks loose and and the, the just the the ducks just bust. And it, it's just the it's just been a very frustrating start to the season. But the thing is, it's all hope is not lost. Hmm. All right. Well, what uh, what game did you say you have on the docket tonight for the for the local Georgia folks that you're covering right tonight? To Milk Creek High School. I mean, this mm. is going to be a pretty good football game. You got the defending 7A champion Grayson traveling up there. The only, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is a 45 minute drive. Mm. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about that one. Is it really 45? Yeah, it's 40, 45 minutes. But you also have to think I'm I'm that's without traffic too. So yeah. That's when I looked at like a little 10:30 this morning, and I'm. Not terrible. It's like up, up close to like Lake Alatoon or no Lake Lanier. It is near Lake Lanier, but um, I'm trying to think. Wait, I guess yeah, because Grace would be a better better shot for you because you go up 78 um, versus versus 85. Um, mm, yeah, you're probably gonna be in some traffic. I don't think it's gonna yeah, take you 45. It's not gonna be fantastic. <laughs> you might want to be updating ways more more than you are at the moment. You oh, might want to. No, absolutely. Oh, that's the thing. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. It's like who who just moved to the city. He's like, oh yeah. Do you have any advice on like what to do with things? I'm like, yeah, download ways. <laughs> it needs to be the first thing you ever do in the city is download ways and use it. Make it your best friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Spotify and 92 on the game on when you're in the car, right? I mean. Yeah, but you got to go to the Chase Thomas podcast first. Like you, you start with the Chase Thomas podcast. Make sure you're caught up, and then yeah, you go. To, this is the Chase Thomas podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, have ways on in the background, and then, right. then flip over to ninety two nine. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to make that compromise. Ninety two nine's all day. Like Chase Thomas podcast. It's an hour you're back. <laughs> true, now. very true. Yeah. Um, Garrett, how do we find you on Twitter.com? GChapATL at GChapATL. That's all it, right. man. Well, keep up the great work, my friend. Um, have fun tonight. Go Parby Panthers. I will not be going to any Friday Night Lights games this evening. Really? Oak Ridge is off. So, um, yeah, we're, do- we're doing a different kind of date night tonight. And then we got the Vols on the road. I don't have any football games to go to this weekend. Nice. This is, and I mean, Florida. yeah, Florida on I the think. road. Mm-hmm. Night game. Night game. So, we got that going all day. Did you say, I'm, am I worried? Yeah. No, because it's like, we're not the favorites. We're 20-point dogs on the road. So, okay. So, worried, not the right word. So, what are your thoughts on it? What do you think? Uh, well, hangover <laughs> game for Florida, maybe? No, I don't think Mullen's going to play it like that. But I do think it really just depends on how much Milton versus Hooker we get. Like, I don't really know what the quarterback situation is going to be going in. Um, I think our run defense is legit, so I'm curious to see how we how we handle this Florida run game. I think people are going to be surprised at what Tennessee does there. Rodney Garner is a star defensive line coach. Came from Auburn great recruiter um he's our dl coach and he's been been great so i'm curious about him um tion evans if he'll be able to run on this uh florida front um we'll take a lot of deep shots that's the thing people don't realize about this this group too is that he he loves seven to eight deep shots a game hypel is going to call the deep shots to jalen hyatt over the top and we'll see if they connect but if they do a couple of them then this game might be interesting if not uh i don't know i i mean i picked Florida to win, but Tennessee to cover. I would not be surprised if Tennessee keeps this relatively close, depending on if it's Milton or if it's Hooker. If it's Hooker, I would lock it in. They cover, but if it's Milton, I, it's a bit. I don't think Milton, Milton's. I don't. I don't think he's the guy. Thank God Max is not here to know, just talk about that podcast. anymore. So we do. I do the College Football Game Time podcast every Tuesday at eight, and we had done uh, some early season previews, and then we did. We've been reacting to some games. 
And honestly, Hooker was the guy I thought was going to be the guy uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. I was very surprised. Well, he came in for uh, Pruitt. Like, he wasn't nine, even a hypo guy. Like, he came in uh, in January for Pruitt. Yeah, and, and then I, I'm kind of surprised he stuck around, but... I mean, he didn't really have a choice at that point. Once you're there, you're there. It's hard to move yeah. multiple times. Well, unless you're like, what's his face? The, uh, oh, what's that guy who played QB? He was QB1. Oh, shoot. He went to Ohio State and then transferred to Miami. Oh, Tate Martell. Tate Martell, that guy. Yeah. Unless you're Tate Martell, who's, I think he's on his like fourth program or something. And he's not even starting at UNLV. Oh, God, it's bad. That's bad, man. That guy... He just quit on everything and he just oh that, that that's such a sad story with him but but we're gonna see that with transfer portal like things will mellow out i think where I think there's so. gonna be a lot of so. situations like five to seven years from now where it's like hey man the grass is not always greener just put your name in the portal and stuff like that like it's you never know uh it's a big it's a bigger risk than you think it is by jumping from program to program yeah I mean, and they'll, they'll be able to point out a lot of people i mean there are a lot of people still sitting in the portal right now mm-hmm um, that was one thing we talked about too. It was like coming up in like July or so. It's it's like, wait, wait we're opening fall camp here in like a week. Um, and of like the 300 people who entered their name in the portal, half of over half of them are still there. Um, so it's not, it's not exactly free agency. Uh, what, what a lot of teams were scared of, but look, I mean, as far as this weekend is concerned, I completely agree with you. I think actually Tennessee can keep it a lot closer than people give them credit for. I, I agree with you. I think they have a solid defense and I think if hookers, your quarterback, I'm not 100% sold on this this Florida secondary. You guys might be able to throw the ball up, up, up and down. If you can connect on a couple of those, man, I don't know. Just keep it close, and then the magic happens. So uh, I we think haven't won. has it, a decent shot this weekend. Well, okay. Not to win, necessarily. I was going to say, we haven't won in Gainesville since Casey Clawson was quarterback. Yeah. See, and you've had some heartbreak there, too. You had the – what was that? The, oh, what's his – what was that one a couple years ago? It was like I think All right, Garrett, thank you so much for making the time as always. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough. It's tough. But I mean, hey, Tennessee, I think I actually could have a decent weekend. We'll see. We'll see. I've heard that before. Uh, famous last words. Progress. Tennessee should have a decent weekend. I've heard that story before. Um, Garrett Chapman. For me, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Max, we missed you this week. Have fun in Ann Arbor. But we will be back next Friday. See you, Garrett. See you, bud. All right, we are back. It's time for Rocky Top. Let's rock on this podcast. No Ethan Stone of the UTK Daily Beacon this week, but he'll be back next week. But we are still joined by Rocky Top Insiders, Ryan Shumpert. Ryan, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. It uh, has been two weeks since we've been on here. Excited to get back and talk about it as uh, Josh Heifel and the Vols go on the road, go start SEC play Saturday night at Gainesville. I was delirious uh, watching Tennessee uh, Tennessee Tech on Saturday. Like all my college football, my my, my football weekend as a whole was just uh, preposterous. Being sick and um, not knowing what I watched and what I was doing, and it was it was a lot. But thankfully, Tennessee did not have an important game on Saturday, and it showed because nobody went. No, not. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there might have been more people than I thought there was going to be, but. I mean, my my bar for how many people were going to be there was was very very low. Are you as down on next year's home slate as I am? Because I'm very annoyed. I was I was telling the sports runner something about this when I looked at it. I mean, there's a hilarity aspect to it with Army and paying Army 500k to get out yeah. of that game is incredible. Um, but 
it's just like when you look at the the home schedule it's like oh we've got the cupcakes and then we got the games that we're getting blown out by with a wild card in mizzou that's about it like there's no there's no question uh about like oh there's no entry there's no pit or there's no i don't know i i'm just i'm a little bummed there's no south carolina there's just uh i don't know i i'm kind of bummed by the the disparity between the the two yeah, Mizzou and Kentucky are kind of the two. Yeah. That you, get. And, you know, it kind of always, you have it where Florida and Bama are at home in the same year and in South Carolina and Georgia. And obviously, Florida is separated itself a lot better than South Carolina and obviously pretty considerably better than Tennessee. So the year where you get the South Carolina game with the SEC West opponent that you, know, you never play uh, coming to Neyland, it, it typically makes for a better schedule. And then obviously the, the tough break with, having a, a road non-conference game next year we just not having a fun non-conference game at home is just not not a thing we should have like the big yeah. game was so much fun and just blowing three like three cupcakes on a home schedule is just not fair like that's just it's just too many it really is and i mean you don't have to sit, like go with army but like don't replace them with akron what are we doing don't yeah. i I, di- I didn't like it i i don't like that we have what ball state akron and ut martin like that's too many that's yeah. too many especially with what you do with tickets and everything else i i didn't like it and i think one of those games and you still can because we learned last year in college football you can adjust hey uh danny white long term long time listener of the program uh i need you to go ahead and flip that out i need you to get rid of that you still have time for virginia tech get him in there let's do it why not yeah. Well, it's like that's one of the reasons I've always been in favor for the nine-game conference schedule. Is you know mm-hmm. I don't think most teams, at least I don't think Tennessee is going to schedule three bad teams. I think they'll still schedule one solid non-conference opponent. But I mean, it's like it's not like Tennessee's playing Oklahoma or something next year. You're playing mm-hmm. Pitt. What's the what's the harm in throwing in another Virginia Tech? It's not like you're just signing up for an automatic loss or something. Right. So it's uh, the Tennessee's non-conference scheduling in the future has left a lot to be desired. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk about this weekend. Um, I don't think there's really a lot to parse through from the Tennessee Tech game. Um, outside of Bailey playing and not being good, and uh, maybe that potentially silencing the the Bailey chance that were uh, just constant uh, in Nealon to this point. So um, that that not being a thing will be cool. Hendon Hooker showed some stuff, especially his running ability. He had a great touchdown run in that game. Uh, had a nice bomb into the end zone i think it was was it peyton that he hit on that or was it yep. tillman uh-huh. yeah, it was peyton yeah um yep. i'm excited i i think hooker should be the guy going forward but like are we are we certain that this coaching staff saw enough to believe that he should be the guy over milton or do you think it's gonna be milton on saturday i i kind of i'm with you i think hooker gives you maybe not your best chance to beat florida but the games that the games we're just talking about for the home slate the south carolina's missouri kentucky's I don't see how Hendon Hunter doesn't give you a better chance to win those games than Joe Milton does, but I'm kind of, I kind of think that they're going to go with Milton if he's healthy. Now, I obviously could be wrong about that, and I don't feel super confident, but it, it just seems like they still have some confidence in Milton, I guess. Just the overall ceiling being higher, Heifel feels like he, he can develop them more, and but uh, that's just kind of the feeling I've gotten. And he obviously didn't say anything about who was starting. He didn't say if Milton would be available, but I did think it was interesting that he said, you know, we're not going to play two quarterbacks unless somebody gets hurt in the middle of the game. We're, we're planning on playing one guy. And it, you know, for that to be Milton, that's going to be a interesting hill for Heifel to, you know, kind of stand on and potentially die on in this first season. Yeah. I mean, the hooker stuff is just that like, he does the two things that I just, 
like you said, he's going to win the games or at least keep them in the games that they should win to go bowling. And against a team like Florida, I don't think he's going to make the same kind of mistakes that Joe Milton might make. And I'm just, I think Nealon and just Vols fans are already so, so overwhelmed by the missing of the deep shots. Like, Hypo yeah. cannot help himself. He is going to take five to six deep shots in this game if Milton's the guy. And I just, we haven't seen anything to suggest that he's going to hit these and he's going to connect on these and they're drive killers. Um, and they just take a lot of, lot of energy out of the out of the stadium and i i don't know like i understand what milton looks like in practice i understand that he has the most upside and it's not even close like there's a reason harbaugh said he's like the best quarterback prospect he's ever seen um that can all be true but like hooker is like the high floor low ceiling guy where i just want us to get through this season and make a bowl game like let's just be competent for the rest of the season you got Taven jackson coming in there um you can go to the portal again next year and you can look, hey, go call Dylan Gabriel. Like, he's not, like, maybe he's not enjoying the Gus Malzahn experience all that much. Like, you can go in the portal and adjust next year. I just think you need to focus on just being competent. And Hendon Hooker is competent. And, I mean, he had a fumble, but he got hit. And just the way he got hit, it was it was unlucky. But um, I don't know. I just think Hendon Hooker with the RPO stuff, with Tion Evans when he plays, and th- that offense looks very different when Tion's on, on the field. Um I just I would go with Hooker and I think he gives you the better chance of maybe not beating Florida but also just staying with Florida and making Florida have to defend um just the the dink and dunk stuff and try and grind them grind them out because Milton is just I, I don't know they like the game plan will be different because Hypo will give Milton more on his plate and more chances to do yeah. big stuff and I think that's when things get bad in a hurry but he won't do that on hooker because he knows hooker can't do that so it's like a better understanding of what you have and working with what you have versus like well still only been a couple weeks and he didn't play last week so maybe it can be this week that he does it and it's like maybe he just won't ever do it like we're we're now getting to the point where we have the sample of michigan and several games here in knoxville and just he might not be that guy i mean i feel like i should give you a round of applause but i'm, I'm driving here i mean you hit you hit the nail i think perfectly on the head with, with that whole point and you're right I think if Hendon Hooker you know if you're going into this game and you're really trying to win what gives you the best chance to win I mean I see the argument for it being Joe Milton now you're 100% right that playing Joe Milton makes you uh, far more liable to a blowout but what Hendon Hooker does with his legs I mean Dennis season have a hard time running the ball with Hooker or, or Milton playing quarterback and I don't think you you gain enough from what Hooker does with his legs which to me is the biggest upside over uh, Joe Milton, maybe the consistency as a whole. So yeah, I, I understand. You know, take the risk, throw the deep shots. But you're right. I mean, I, I, the goal for Heupel here is this season needs to be six and six to be competent. And you're right, Hinton Hooker is he's competent. Like he's nothing special. But I mean, I think I said it on here in the in the fall fall camp. I mean, he's had more success than Joe Milton at their past stops. He's a he's a solid player, and the things that he can do with his legs is going to be really, really important in those games against South Carolina, the games against Missouri, Kentucky, the games that are going to decide whether Tennessee makes a bowl game or not. So uh, it seems like it would be uh, – I'm kind of with you, I guess what I'm saying. It, you play him and kind of ride it through him and try to get him to gain more confidence. But uh, I I feel like that he's, like we were saying a minute ago, just kind of still holding on to hope of Milton. Are we sure Casey Clawson in 2021 couldn't, couldn't be the best option here? Does he have a year of eligibility rest, left? 
I, what, what, how, does the COVID, how does the COVID rule work with mm-hmm. someone that graduated 18, Do they get one more year? I mean, I, I feel like they should, they should be able to. I mean, last last two wins in the swamp for Tennessee with, with Casey at the helm, and he was at the Bowling Green game for week one. I think that was the game, but that maybe was Pitt, but I'm pretty sure it was Bowling Green. He hadn't, uh, he hadn't made it to a game in a while, so, I mean, Heifel's probably had a chance to talk to him, uh, you know, get, get him ready for Florida. Yeah, uh, there are some Vols fans that have talked themselves into this being, oh, you know, if this goes this way and like, oh, they're they're beat up from the Alabama game and they're they're feeling too good about that, they're gonna overlook Tennessee. And I'm like, I let's let's stop. We haven't won in in Gainesville since Casey Clawson was was under center. It's it's been a been a really long time, and there's a reason the spread is is 20. But I mean, it was only five years ago that Josh Dobbs did the 21 point comeback against Florida. Um, man. I mean, like when you watch Hooker too, he does kind of remind me of like a poor man's Josh Dobbs. Like that's kind of what he is. And if you have a poor man's Josh Dobbs for for a year and a bridge year, where I mean, Hypel came in at the end, and we don't have to re regurgitate all of that, but like just get through it, go bowling, win six, seven games, and get out of here and have a full off season and dip back in the portal, get Taven in here. Um, I don't know. And also, this you know what's funny is we just completely moved on from Caden. Like, Caden Salter is just not in the minds of any of us. Um, and I wonder what the conversations would have been if he had not had the problems he did off the field and he was just around for all of spring and all of summer. I wonder what that would have looked like. That is that is far more intriguing to me, or not even intriguing, far more of something I think about than, than Harrison Bailey at this point. No, I agree. and You're right. It's just kind of been out of sight, out of mind. Um, but really, you're right. It would be there would be probably a, a considerably less Harrison Bailey mm-hmm. buzz from the fan base, or, or crying out and more of it for Caden Salter. And and one other thing I would I'd say on Hooker, I think your comparison's pretty good. And one thing I, I he needs to improve on it, it is the turnovers. He's had three of them now in six quarters. And you're right, the fumble last week was was kind of a bad break. Like it was a perfect helmet uh, shot, like right on the ball. Like I didn't, he shouldn't. I mean, it was after the spin move and everything, but like. I don't know. When I watch that in real time, I'm like, I, I don't know. He doesn't run recklessly with the ball. Milton will hold it on his side. Like, Milton will do the Michael yeah. Vick hold with it. Like, if you're going to criticize Hooker for his fumbling, um, have you watched how Milton holds the ball a lot? Like, it's very different. You're right, but he hasn't. Yeah. I guess he's fumbled once. Am I missing another one? But, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, no, I guess he's fumbled twice. No, I think tennis. Steve might have recovered one of them, but no, mm-hmm. you're right, and he hasn't maybe even been put in as many situations just because he played against a bad Bowling Green team and then a quarter and a half against Pittsburgh. When when the first quarter, basically the whole first quarter, Heifel was was kind of putting on a master class of play calling, and was he wasn't getting touched, and he was scheming a lot of guys open for him. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what is the matchup you're most looking forward to to watching on Saturday? What are you gonna have your eyes on? I think it's the Florida run game against Tennessee's run defense. I mean, Tennessee's run defense has been really good. That's kind of been the, the surprise good thing at the team on the team. It comes with you know uh, unbelievable grain of salt just because Tennessee hasn't you know played two really bad teams and a pit team that ran for what was it ninety yards uh, last week against the Western Michigan. So it was really the first real test in a Florida team that's certainly going to get theirs on the ground. I mean, a really good rushing attack, especially as if Anthony Richardson's available, which it looks like he will be, it's hard to imagine Tennessee completely shuts it down. But if they're able to play solid in there and, and force Emory Jones into some third and long, that's, I think that's Tennessee's recipe to uh, staying into this game into the second half and potentially into the fourth quarter. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued. What do you think is gonna like? Do you think uh, Bryce uh, Byron Young's gonna have a bigger impact this week? He he looked out of sorts a little bit last week. He did, and there was certainly you know I think a lot of rust to knock off. He's a guy that hasn't played football game in almost two years. I, I believe that's correct, and he made you know did some good things. Uh, I'll be interested to see one uh, how much does he get more snaps on, on first and second down he seemed like primarily was in there more of a pass rusher and what he is is he took Tyler Barron's spot a good amount of those times so I'd like to see Tyler Barron and uh, Young on the field at the same time and I think those are at least Tennessee's two most talented uh, defensive ends absolutely absolutely Theo Jackson do you think he'll be a factor Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you describe the factor. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna play a lot, and he's probably gonna make a good amount of tackles. Is he gonna make some game changing play? I mean, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, Tennessee's defense, even getting four turnovers last week, it's it's hard to feel too confident about their ability to force turnovers. So, I'm uh, concerned. Why do you think that is? That, but he's been the pass rush for one uh, hasn't been very good through three. Uh, oddly enough with how good the, the interior defense line's been and really Tyler Barron's been really good playing the run from the defense end spot and then I think you should add the fact that Tennessee's safety play I don't think's really good and uh, Tennessee's cornerback certainly doesn't have they've been solid they don't have a, a ball hawk out there that's going to go make some really impressive interceptions or anything yeah um, if you had to guess who do you think leads Tennessee in receiving on Saturday Yards or catches? You know what? Let's say targets. Who do you think gets the most targets? I'm going to say Jacob Warren. Oh. With the tight ends. I mean, they've, they've thrown the ball a lot to tight ends. And it, it's, it almost is more of there hasn't been any consistency to the receivers that they have thrown it to. I guess Cedric Tillman probably leads the team in targets at this point, but he's a, a little dinged up. So I, I probably speaks more than I don't have the confidence to say any of the receivers, but Jacob Warren's been a pretty consistent mainstay in, in the passing attack after three games. Yeah, uh, I would say Velas Jones too, man. He looked good, and he just needs... He I did. Just, I want to keep feeding Velas Jones. Just give him yak opportunities. As many as you can design, as many under, as you can scheme up. I don't understand why he doesn't play more snaps. I don't understand why he doesn't get more touches in the snaps that he does play. I mean, he's been obviously been really good on kickoff return all year, and Every single time he gets the ball, it seems like he makes five more yards out of a play than there is. Right? I mean, we're on the same page there. We're on the same page there. Uh, do you have a final score prediction for Saturday? I do. I'm trying to remember what it was on RTI this morning. Um, you guys can double-check me on it here. I think I had 42-21 Florida. I think mm. it's going to be right right at that right at that point spread. Um, I would probably where it's shrunk to kind of down at 19 Florida I'd probably take Florida originally where it opened at 22 I like Tennessee but I think it's going to be right in that three touchdown range see I go the other way I think this is going to be sneaky low scoring like I really do I mean Richardson okay. playing scares me he didn't play last week and I don't but I, I go back and yeah. forth I'm like is that good for Emory Jones or worse that he has Richardson now to look back over his shoulder because Emory was able to go into that Alabama game and just know that it's all on him and he's not going to get pulled in and out uh, for Richardson design runs and I'm like Hmm. I don't know. And I don't know if Tennessee's run defense is like our run defense has been legit to this point. We're not getting any pass rush, but the run defense is good. The reason they lost to Pitt was not because Pitt ran the ball down their throats. It was that Kenny Pickett could do whatever he wanted through the air. Florida is not going to pick Tennessee apart where I think they're weak. And I think this is actually weirdly a good matchup for, for Tennessee. Um, 
I've heard that story before, but I do think Emory Jones is limited enough down the field to keep this game close. I, I think they are going to be a little bit beat up from that Alabama game. I don't know how they can't. Um, I'm going to say Florida 27, Tennessee 13. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm kind of go, I'll go off your point there, but I feel like huge key for Tennessee is just w- winning first down on defense. Mm-hmm. Keeping Florida in you know, second and, and seven or more, really eight or more, I think is, you know, get Emory Jones in his passing downs. That's where, you, where you're going to have a chance. And to the Anthony Richardson point, I mean, Tennessee fans have, have seen this rodeo before. And Emory mm-hmm. Jones, bad first quarter, bad half. Florida goes to the backup quarterback. That doesn't usually end well for Vol fans. So I, I imagine that there might be some uh, horror scenes if Anthony Richardson gets in the game. And if he does, I feel like he's inevitably going to make some big plays because, man, he's, he's electric to watch. That's all he does. He makes big plays. So I'm a, I'm very concerned about the Richardson aspect. He could throw a, a gigantic wrench in my in my plans here. But either way, I'm excited. Tennessee prime time, something to get excited for. I, I think the season's gone better um, in a lot of ways than we expected to this point. Um, I'm okay with where the direction is. I'm not okay with them doing Georgia State Tennessee on October 23rd in Chattanooga because that would have been an awesome game to go yeah. to because that's college football saturday so that stinks don't know why they did that because that would have been cool i've been to the venue that's a cool cool field and cool park so uh kind of annoyed about that danny white i just hey text me text me before you make these plans and see what's up and i can just go ahead and steer you in the right direction because that uh a lot of tennessee fans i think would have liked to have gone to that but um i'm not sure how the turnout will be for this baseball school uh Ryan Shepard, how do we keep up with you this week? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at rshump00. That's R-S-C-H-U-M-P-0-0. And then at rockytopinsider.com, a lot of good stuff. Previewing the matchup against Florida, some good uh, uh, baseball stuff too. Um, big commit Duvall's picked up yesterday. So catch that out. We'll have everything uh, you need to know from uh, the game on Saturday and then next week going into the Missouri game, everything you need to know to get you previewed for uh, Duvall's back-to-back road trips. There you go. There you go. All right, Ryan. Safe travels, my friend. Thank you as always, and uh, go balls. Appreciate having me on. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.